HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Sam Edwards. I'm third generation cure master from S. Wallace Edwards and Sons in Surrey, Virginia. We support the Heritage Radio Network because we believe in the cause and what they're doing. They're supporting family-raised livestock, small family farms, uh, certified humane, pasture-raised, antibiotic-free. Basically, we take the products from Heritage Foods USA and make them into uh, Serrano-style hams, prosciutto-style hams, bacon, sausage, like my grandfather did. You can find us at surreyfarms.com or virginiatraditions.com. To the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. Today in the studio, we have a very special show. Um, good friend and bartender uh, at Prime Meats, where I work, uh, Shane Firestein of also King's Crumb, a new uh, fried chicken place that's opening soon uh, in Williamsburg. This summer, he's actually working the Smorgasburg in Williamsburg. And uh, also, a reggae extraordinaire. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Shane. Thanks, Damon. Thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to be here. Awesome, man. I've been trying to get you on the show for a while, and I think this is a really special show um, because... For one, it's your birthday, and everyone's excited about that. Ah, thanks, man. (laughs) I was going to wait to shout it out, but... (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, 
but also, uh, you know, on this show a lot, obviously it's a, a show about cocktails and about spirits and, and drinking culture and history. Um, a lot of bartenders and people in the service industry are musicians, DJs, artists, you know, and generally uh, art and music enthusiasts. And a lot of the bartenders that have come on the show in the past, you know, draw inspiration from music and different songs, different albums, different artists, and uh, get a lot of great creative like cocktail names and ideas from that and vice versa. And uh, today, I'm really glad to have you on the show spinning some uh, some reggae and some dub and rock steady. So thanks for bringing all your records. Well, some of your records on. There's a lot in here. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot in here. We definitely have... Uh... We could we could rock the show all night if we had to, but uh, yeah, I brought a nice selection of music, uh, kind of reflect the whole history, if we want, of uh, Jamaican music and reggae music, which, as we both know, uh, Jamaica is home to some of the best rum. One of uh, I know both of our favorite spirits. Absolutely. So um, yeah, that was kind of the inspiration for the show. We were just talking and uh, hanging out at work and doing our usual uh, spirits uh, activities and. Uh, yeah, rum and reggae, a good combination and uh, a lot of history there. So, Absolutely. And, you know, we've talked, a, we hit on this point a lot uh, on this show about the resurgence of rum in cocktails, uh, especially with things like, you know, obviously the, uh, the revival of actually quality made uh, tiki drinks, for one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that uh, rum. Uh, which used to be kind of a hard sell from a, mm-hmm. a bartender perspective. Um, there's a lot of enthusiasm right now, and so much, uh, so much good rum in the market that there's uh, yeah a ton of room for great drinks and also just delicious sipping rums. Absolutely, and you know we're getting so many, so many more in the market, so many better ones that we were, that were unobtainable before. Uh, and you know on that point, uh, rum tends to be kind of like a bartender slash mixologist if we can say that uh like kind of a collector like it's like a collector's like hobby you know it's like oh how many bottles of different styles of havana club do you have in your bar at home right, right, right. you know um and that being difficult because of you know obviously like the trade embargoes against cuba and, and whatnot but uh it's i feel like anytime like i go on vacation or my friends go on vacation it always ends up with a, a really interesting bottle of rum back in the back bar and uh, some nice, like, tasting sessions and uh, discussions yeah. about it. So today, uh, we're drinking, we've got a bottle of Smith & Cross, Navy Strength Rum. There's no no more appropriate way that I can think of on one of the hottest days so far of the New York summer than uh, listening to reggae and drinking Jamaican rum. Who did we just hear? Uh, um, that like, last track was uh, kind of just an instrumental from uh, uh, King Jammy, um, just kind of like a studio track, and it's a B-side um, to another uh, vocal tune. So cool. Um, yeah. So how did you first get into uh, Jamaican music and uh, and reggae? Wow, that's an interesting <laughs> that's a, question. That's um, a big question, right? I thought we were going to talk more about rum, but uh, I, <laughs> no, we're gonna know, we're gonna talk about everything. I I know definitely uh, how I got into Jamaican music. It's funny. It was kind of like just part of my uh, music development. You know, as like a teenager, I was obviously uh, really into music, like most people, and found uh, a lot of inspiration and. Uh, communion with music and uh, you know I was into to punk rock when I was kind of younger and then um, you know ska music I found out about kind of like when I was growing up it was like dorky third wave ska yeah totally and then um, through that <laughs> then I got you into, work like, your way back a little yeah bit. then yeah. you work your way back exactly so I worked my way back to um, you know like first wave ska and then from there 
um, to the roots of that music, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, like, I, I was the same way when I first started uh, listening to reggae and ska and stuff. It, it was right after I started listening to punk rock, you know? Yeah. And there are a lot of, uh, even, like, big bands like, you know, like Rancid, you know, they throw a lot of oh, yeah. that style into their music. And that's probably oh, yeah. and one of the bands that got me into it, that and, like, all the Hellcat Records stuff. Totally. And Operation Ivy, too. I oh, mean, absolutely. Like the first ska punk band, like, kind of officially <laughs> from California. Totally. Um, yeah, so I think that, that then getting into the Jamaican music, I mean, that is just, like, one of the biggest rabbit holes you can ever get interested in, you know? For, I mean, for music dorks, you know, you find a genre and you're like, who did this? What's the seminal record? But, like, reggae is just so deep. It's crazy. You yeah, know? absolutely. Like, it's a small island, rich culture, and just a massive industry, you know, mm-hmm. like, putting out so many tracks. And then, because of the uniqueness of the music, the same rhythm or the same instrumental track you know, we'll get, you know, rapped over or sang over, who knows, 200 times. And then 10 years later, people are psyched on it again and they do it again. So yeah, totally. Yeah, it's really fun to collect reggae music. You know, it's funny what you said earlier or what we were talking about earlier about, uh, finding like, you know, the third wave ska and then like working your way back. It's so embarrassing. It's embarrassing to talk about now, right? To be like, yeah, I was at like a skanking pickle show in like 19, (laughs) whatever the hell. Like mustard plug and stuff like that. These stuff you just don't want to admit. I'm sorry that we just outed you on the show, but but I'm right here with you. It's the same thing. But, um, but it was funny, like, you know, thinking about that, like finding these bands and then working your way back to like the roots of it. It's kind of like what we've done with cocktails. And, like when we started bartending, it's like, you know, you're working in like dive bars or, you know, like places where you're just like getting your, your sea legs or, you know, and, uh, then you through, through the like modern cocktails and just like bartending, you start like getting interested in, you know, going back to like the classics, you know, you work your way back and then you keep digging deeper and deeper. And I, I, often liken it to uh like record collecting you know yeah just like you know your home bar you end up with you know tons of different styles of bitters different types of rum not just like not just like tons of different bottles in different styles but like tons of them yeah and it always starts your interest gets peaked i mean for for people like us who are bitters collectors and like to make our own bitters i mean you 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 suddenly realize like the role that Angostura plays in a classic Manhattan when you finally like first make a good Manhattan, you know? Absolutely. And uh from there you're like, wow, like like what else is out there? And so yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I feel like though with the with the spirits in general, um, you know, once you either like fall in love or uh gain some knowledge about a certain cocktail, like you're like, what are the variations on it? Like what is you know or if when you get into a bass spirit you know like i feel like with bartending mm-hmm. kind of rotate through bass spirits sometimes i'm like oh i'm so excited about brandy i'm so excited about obviously rum is a right. huge thing or bourbon or whatever so it's just fun to go through those different cycles and get really excited about something and try just get so thirsty for it no pun intended i guess <laughs> and, uh, and just find out what you can get absolutely i do think that uh you know um with the base spirits as like the, the thing that piques your interest about a, a a family of drinks from that point of view, you know, you've got like obviously like the same thing like a musical style, and then you start like going around and checking it all out. But then also like, oh man, you've got like uh, you've got a steel drum in this song, and then you start getting really into the steel drum. Or like for me, it's like with like old school like psychedelic country music it's like oh there's like a really crazy like psyched out pedal steel in this song and then you start like going and trying to find out other uh bands and musicians that use that same format and then 
and it's the same way that like oh well what am i going to do with like celery bitters i found a cocktail that's like a classic by using like a base and then found one that has like celery bitters and you're like what the hell am i going to do with that and then you start researching celery bitters and drinks you know it's like it kind of it works the same way you know Absolutely, they're, they go hand in hand. I, I love like they go hand in music hand. Think, and, and bar dating. Like, and they're both things that can get uh, written off. Like the I don't want to say like intellectual, but I feel like, like tax uh, for tax purposes. No, no, not, not not that way. But you know, like they'll write off anything. Legitimate historical like things to be involved with. You know, long live music and uh, and spirits. As you know, I think they're both part of uh, the cornerstone of uh of chilling out since pretty much forever since pretty much forever yeah so Speaking um, of chilling out man yeah so on that note i thought that it would be fun to play kind of actually a pre ska a pre reggae tune uh, a mento tune which was kind of the uh indigenous jamaican popular music before ska and before reggae um and it has uh well yeah let's give it a listen yeah let's check it out put it on I tell you, dance right, Johnny. I tell you, bend down, 
the rock, want a hiding place for itself. They run to the rock and they say they gonna hide. The rock, want a hiding place. Where will they run to? Where are they going to hide? Ooh, they gonna tell them they have been hurt inside. Yeah. Judgment Day by Clive Hilton. We've got Shane Firestein in the studio, rocking out some tunes on the hottest day so far in Brooklyn. Hottest day of the year so far. What? <laughs> Good thing for the AC. Good thing for the AC. I'm I'm very much enjoying that. Thanks, Jack. Um, so uh, we just listened to some very early Jamaican music, and uh, I think it's kind of a cool idea to like move it move it up through time, and then yeah. like move up to like dance hall and stuff like that. You know, absolutely. Um, so uh, we've been talking about rum, and we've been talking about Jamaican culture. We've been talking about cocktails. We're just mixing it all up today, literally mixing it all up. We have two turntables in here and four microphones. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, tell me a little bit more about. Uh, we just talked about like how you got into uh, Jamaican music and ska and reggae. Tell me how you got into bartending, man. Um, I got into bartending. Um, well, I've been working in the in the food. And uh, restaurant world for I guess like shoot a long time ten plus years um, and uh, have been very lucky to work in a lot of great places with a lot of great people. Um, I mostly got into bartending. Um, you know, when I lived in New York, I worked brunch uh, at a restaurant called uh, Parish that no longer exists, and that was the, my first bartending. And uh, it was French seventy fives, 
mimosas and maybe one like drink that I shook. But, you know, I didn't really uh, know much. It was more like part of the whole uh, waiting table scene, but I was just doing my own bartending. And then uh, in Portland, Oregon, um, I bartended a restaurant called Park Kitchen and uh, eventually went on to kind of inherit the bar program from um, some very established bartenders, a guy named Kevin Ludwig, who went on to open his own place called Beaker and Flask. That's a a really outstanding cocktail bar in Portland. Um, So... uh, yeah, I worked at that restaurant for uh, a little over two years, um, uh, and then eventually I was uh, the bar manager there. But that was just uh, a great place to uh, get into cocktailing because I got to um, start working with an amazing array of spirits. I mean, to, to get interested in cocktailing and have the opportunity to be, to be behind a bar that is uh, stocked with, you know, deep with Amaro and deep with, you know, fruit brandies and uh, American whiskey. Um, so that was kind of where I really cut my teeth, like with uh, hardcore bartending, you know, and making drinks in a serious way. Cool, man. Yeah. And uh, so, what what uh, actually brought you back to New York? Was it to pursue that kind of a career and maybe open a place? Yeah, I think um, you know, I'm, I grew up uh, outside of New York City in uh, Scarsdale. So growing up, New York was always kind of like uh, the paradigm of a city for me, which is uh, uh, a mixed blessing, you know, because uh, <laughs> everywhere you go, you're like, oh shit, this ain't a city this isn't really uh this isn't new york city this isn't a city you know you're like oh wait this is a city people live in houses what's going on um yeah exactly so uh i I came back just uh, out of love for the city and missing it but yeah uh to with the goal in mind of working with two uh old friends who are uh one's a talented chef and businessman work towards opening um a restaurant you know as a long-term goal and uh right now we do a a a stand at the smorgasburg market Mm -hmm. um where we are uh we're called king's crumb uh, as you mentioned earlier, and uh, we do, I think, some uh, pretty mean fried chicken, delicious biscuits, um, and uh, we've got a lot, a uh, lot more bigger things in store for the future. Excellent, like, uh, fried suckling pig, which is just a real tasty food, and actually uh, contradictory to a lot of the teachings of the reggae world. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing any jerk chicken or anything like that. No, but uh, <laughs> you know, so, some of the. Uh, uh, Rastafarian tracks are uh, vocal about no pork. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? We all got to pick and choose our battles as far as spirituality is concerned. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, uh, let's listen to another tune, man. Yeah, um, the next tune I had pulled up um, was uh, another Lee Perry produced track. So I thought that would be pretty fun. Cool. What do we got going? Um, it's uh, Junior Biles' version of the tune Fever. The Tune Fever by Junior Biles. Rocking in the Speakeasy studio today, like we've never before done. I never know how much I love you. I never know how much I care. When you put your arms around me. I get this feeling that's so hard to bear You give me fever When you kiss me Fever when you hold me tight I never know how much I love you Never know how much I care. When you put your arms around me, I 
That was awesome. That was two, actually two different versions back to back of the classic Fever. We've got Shane Feierstein in the studio. We're hanging out. We actually just made a, a round of daiquiris, birthday daiquiris, Delicious. with uh, Banks Five Island Rum, which has five, obviously five different island rums, but one of them foremost being Jamaican. Cheers. Cheers. So, okay, man. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about, uh, like, obviously this whole show we've been talking about uh, cocktails and spirits and drink, like drinking culture, and then also like relating it with... Uh, with music um and okay so one of the things i like most about uh jamaican music and like sky and reggae and and dancehall you know as well especially with like sky and reggae is the constant like on the the on the three of the beat it's always like a bass drum whereas like in like rock and roll and like most other like music form uh musical forms it's always a snare drum on the three and for some reason, it, like it, it adds this. I mean, not for some reason, but it does add this foundation to the song, like the foundation to the groove of the song. That's unlike any other kind of music. Yeah. And yeah, that downbeat sound yeah. is just uh, it's it's amazing, you know. And it's very it's like uh, I feel like the downbeat thing and then minor keys together is like I don't know. Um, it's a very uh, it's a very potent combination musically. Um, Absolutely. That's um, for sure. So uh, tell us who uh, some of your favorite uh, uh, reggae Jamaican music artists are. Oh, wow. Um, I, mean, <laughs> I know that's a loaded question. It's but. a loaded question. I mean, I, uh, I have a great reverence for their, uh, the music overall. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as like uh, what in reggae music is called the DJs, you know, the guys who, uh, who are uh, kind of the, the, the predecessors of uh, modern rappers, you know, mm-hmm. um, in that DJ style of kind of chanting and talking over the tunes. Um, wow. It's big. You know, Big Youth for me is one of the, the main foundational. He is, I mean, he's the, the foundational DJ of them all, but um, his records are a lot of fun to look for and get dangerously expensive very quickly. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, obviously the production of Lee Perry and some other Roots guys like Jack Ruby. Um, you know, a, a lot of the music's about like d- the different producers and stuff. So, um, yeah, a lot of favorites though. It really ranges tenor saw for me as far as a sing J guy mm-hmm. from kind of the early dance hall era. Um, but with, you know, a voice that carried over from, uh, the history of, uh, of the roots groups and the harmony groups, you know, the whalers, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the three part harmony in, um, roots music is kind of, uh, was, you know, a, a major, um, wellspring of talent, you know, like you had groups of people and then they would all go on to like solo careers, you know, Israel Vibrations, Culture, um, The Wailers, on and on, Twinkle Brothers, you know, that those harmony styles, um, really exciting and then spawned off a lot of great singers. And then you have guys like Tenor Saw who, you know, picks up that tradition and um, runs with it, you know, with, a, with, with the aid of early digital sounds which i'm also you know i'm a sucker for all the analog fun but <laughs> early digital is uh is one of the great periods of uh reggae music that i think a lot of people um are uh are excited about like the different uh like sirens and like uh, kind of like moog sounds yeah you know i think it like kind of starts with like you know lee perry kind of just dropping an amplifier so that it makes a crackling sound <laughs> oh like the and reverb then, tank doing like then, an echo kind yeah, of yeah and then you know, the little bit of echo and and uh and like tape loops and 
starting to play with that. But then uh, I think once once like drum machines and especially synthesizers, you know, I I uh, I feel like synthesizers are one of the greatest blessings and curses to ever come uh, to the reggae world in yeah, some ways, absolutely. you know, because uh, you know the synthesized horns replacing real horn sections um, can lead to some kind of like overly smooth tracks so um but uh on the other hand like the drum machine just like it did for you know popular music in america the the advent of the drum machine um just insane what a i'm glad for it yeah i uh my old band uh when i was living in oklahoma city we used to play with even though we weren't like a ska band but they were and they tried to be kind of like on the the traditional like early digital style which was awesome yeah. every once in a while there'd be a horn in there but they uh they had an like a synthesizer player and uh it was like the worst synthesizer ever oh, they were also man. they were also called the magnificent seven and like <laughs> there's got to be a thousand ska bands called yeah. the magnificent seven yeah that's kind of an overused group name huh <laughs> yeah so um i've definitely seen at least seven of them seven seven, of magnific- the seven yeah. magnificent <laughs> sevens yeah under the m's section in your record store <laughs> um well what are we gonna play next man um, well, I think that the next tune we're going to play... Is, are you talking uh, a little bit about a uh, dance hall? I, yeah, if gonna, you wanted I think to... we'll head towards the dance hall section. We're going to play... Uh, we're going to hear two tunes next. The first is uh, going to be Billy Boyo, who's uh, a sing J, one of the great... Uh, and you'll hear uh, a, a guy who recorded mostly um, in his teens and maybe early 20s, but maybe mostly in his teens. Recorded in Jamaica, also recorded in England. He was a protege of the famous... Uh, dance hall DJ Yellow Man. Oh, and, cool. Uh, he shouts out Yellow Man in a lot of his tunes. It's pretty fun. Nice. Um, so maybe we'll uh, check out a little Billy Boyo, and then we're going to go on to Sugar Minot, one of the great um, producers and singers uh, of early dance hall, like a revolutionary figure. So um, we'll do the Billy Boyo first, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Cool. Thanks again for coming on the show and spinning on these records. It's been a, a real pleasure, not only for me, but I'm sure for uh, any of our listeners, and also I'm sure Jack our producer in there. He looks like he's having a lot of fun. <laughs> he's drinking a daiquiri and jumping up and down. <laughs> All right, here we go. Billy Boyo. She tell me a lie, 
jam with it again, yeah. Jamming in the street, alright. I rock with it again, yeah. Rock it to the beat. I'm an a musician, I'm an No trouble no one Because we nice of the nation Because we nice of the nation He marks me what me name, say me name, Booga Mine me what me name, say me name, Booga Mine You've been listening to some amazing music today on the Speakeasy. Uh, that was Sugar Mine Knot with Jamming in the Streets. Before that, we had Billy Boyo, which is one of my new favorites. <laughs> and and that, that track was called One Spliff a Day. One, one Spliff a Day? Yeah. Really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Boyo, really? Just one? <laughs> Seriously. Um, anyway, we're uh, obviously we've been hanging out, having some music and uh, some drinks. We're drinking some uh, Five Island Rum daiquiris and a little bit of uh, Jamaican Smith & Cross. Just celebrating my birthday. <laughs> and I'm glad to be in here with these guys. Uh, Shane Firestein and my producer, Jack Inslee. He just gave me the fist. <laughs> so uh, apparently we have a caller. So we're going to go to the phones. A very shy caller. Oh, we on? Hello? Hey, Damon. Hey. Who's hey, this? happy birthday, man. Hey. Is this my brother? This is your brother. Hey. Hey, what up, Dylan? Happy birthday, man. Oh, hey, thanks a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, my twin brother, also turning 30 today, Dylan Bolte. Yeah. yeah, double birthday to these guys. Very. This is one of like, you know, we were talking about some of the big singers and uh, important producers in Jamaican music. This is like... Um, one of the big birthdays because of these two guys. Dylan, are you at work? Yeah, I am. Well, awesome. Rocking out to a slightly different style of music at the moment, but uh, having a good time nonetheless. Excellent. We'll tell everyone there that I said hello and thank you. Hey, uh, Dylan, are you, are you working on your, on your guys' record? Yeah, we've been uh, working on that for about a month now. Should be finishing that up in July. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I know you guys were uh, in there working, slaving in the recording studio, so people are psyched to uh, hear the results. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it should be released sometime in hopefully mid-July, maybe late July, depending on how much we accomplish. But uh, yeah, it's been a great time in the studio, and uh, really looking forward to finishing that thing up, getting it out there. He's talking about uh, my brother and I are in a bank together called Brothers. And if you want to check that out, you can go to brothersnyc.com. Shameless self-promotion right here. Absolutely. <laughs> long live it. Um, so how long have you guys been working on that band? Like... Since you were born? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Shane's uh, taking over as host this, on this, this, on this band. Sorry, I'll, 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 I'll no, stick to the records. <laughs> Dylan, we're going to go back to the show. Thanks for calling, right, man. Well, you guys have fun. Have an overproof uh, for me. Cool. We'll be celebrating over here. Will do. Happy birthday, All man. Right. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Happy birthday. Okay, guys. Bye. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Caller. Live radio. It's an Live amazing radio. thing. Um, before we start uh, wrapping up the show today, uh, do you have any like any type of a, any proposed date, maybe, for uh, the opening of uh, King Crumb? Um, no. No proposed date. Um hopefully 
uh, you know, late summer, early fall. But uh, that's with uh, optimism. Um, but uh, definitely excited for people to come on down to the Smorgasburg Market. And uh, probably a little bit later this summer, also the uh, Sunday Brooklyn Flea Market, uh, either the one that's in Fort Greene or uh, in Williamsburg. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a really, uh, you know, just like this, a really uh, good, positive community space. A lot of people doing cool things and supporting each other and doing uh, small production and, uh, you know, just trying to do things a little bit different. So, um, yeah, the Smorgasburg is on North 6 in Kent. And uh, fried chicken starts at noon in the morning. We got jam and clotted cream. Everything's made from scratch. We've also got, uh, I don't know, this, the, the sausage gravy is what I'm excited for you to try about. Because oh, awesome. I know that the Oklahoma, um, I, know that, like, <laughs> I know that like Texas has got a lot of love for um, biscuits and gravy like in, uh, in its own way. Um, I know Colorado. So that, that whole central southern region, like, you know, a lot of love for the food out there. So, you know. Got to come down and check it out at the Smorgasburg Market. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait not only to come check you out at the tent, but also to see your uh, your future plans come into fruition. And, uh, yeah, like, are you going to plan on having a, maybe a bar? Oh, that? yeah, a bar. Definitely a bar that uh, celebrates um, American whiskey and uh, a bar that, uh, you know, I think uh, reflects the... Uh, the cuisine that it's going to accompany, you know, I think uh, whiskey drinks that are uh, delicious and smooth going down uh, <laughs> are a pretty good compliment to uh, fried chicken or waffle fry poutine or uh, what else? Uh, a burger on a homemade English muffin that's really tasty and moist because it's got lard in it instead of butter. So sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds awful. So you've uh, whipped out a book here and. and uh it's yeah. uh, one of one of the things actually. Like when uh, when I first brought you into uh, the bar uh, at Prime Meats, uh, one of the things that uh, I really liked about you is that you uh, not only have like collecting hobbies such as like like that we share, like uh, you know obviously like spirits and different like antique bitters bottles and and bar tools and things like that, but yeah. also uh, old cocktail books. Absolutely, yeah. I think the old cocktail books are uh, a wealth of knowledge and a lot of fun. They're amazing historical documents about kind of the way people were socializing and hanging out at the time. And I know we both like the Charles H. Baker Jr. Uh, series, The Gentleman's Companion. Which is... Um, which yeah. I know, uh, Damon, on uh, the cocktail list that you curate so wonderfully, um, you have a drink of his on there. Oh, yeah. the Remember the Main. Yeah, which is a fantastic See, uh, beverage. But, uh, you know... The only drink that I can think of that specifies the direction in which you stir it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but anyways, Charles Baker, um, fantastic uh, writer. Um, and even though he's kind of a weird, aristocratic, East Coast, Connecticut guy, um, <laughs> awesome contribution to uh, spirits writing and travel writing also, essentially. Um, but I just pulled out a little quote of his. Uh, we've been talking about rum and talking about Jamaica. Um, and uh, he has a rule. Uh, it's words to the wise. Number four, on the wisdom of adding a very little Jamaica rum to all cocktails requiring fruit juices of any kind. Uh, this is our invariable rule now, as one teaspoon of Jamaica adds a definite something to all fruit juice drinks, and especially to those based on Bacardi or other light rums, which are so delicate that their virtues are cloaked in the more usual fruit juices themselves. So this is 
an amazing quote. That's an amazing quote. You know what I'm saying? This is, uh, you know, 1939, and already Charles Baker has, uh, you know, a perceptive enough palate to appreciate the rich flavor of Jamaica rum or, you know, uh, all the different rum styles. And he's essentially already decrying, you know, a house like Bacardi that's making a mass-marketed, produced quickly to meet market as opposed to... uh, age or artisan mm-hmm. craft process and he's like yo if you got to use bacardi you better put a teaspoon of jamaica rum in there that's too. amazing that's amazing so uh we're at the top of the show we're at the uh the end of the day and uh we're gonna spin a couple more songs uh do you what do you have uh queued up there um we're just gonna play a little bit of early dance hall and then try to quickly march our way to maybe one other uh tune but uh we're gonna hear next from tenor saw who we were talking about earlier yeah um, and then uh, the tune of his. Uh, yeah, and then we're going to hear from uh, Little John, another, uh, we're kind of focusing on the Sing Jays, so another Sing Jay from the early dance hall. Excellent. Shane, it's been my pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, it's been one of the, definitely the more fun shows that I've had so far, this being the 21st uh, uh, episode of the Speakeasy. And uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, bringing on your uh, record collection and talking to us about rum. Good luck with uh, the uh, King's Crumb at the Smorgasburg this summer. And hopefully uh, an an actual standing, not tent, (laughs) location uh, towards the end of the summer, early fall. Well, Damon, thanks so much for having me. And uh, shout out to uh, Roberta's, uh, Jack, the producer, all the good people here who are uh, making this show happen. It's super fun and uh, good times. Thanks, man. And uh, also, uh, thanks for my brother for calling in and wishing us a happy birthday. Love you, man. All right, we're heading out. Na 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 Shelter, whoa, whoa. The Lord provide the food and also the shelter. The Lord guide and protect me each and every hour. Whoa, whoa. The Lord guide and protect me each and every hour. And that's why you're sick. Na 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 na. Who is gonna help me praise Jehovah? Na 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 na. Who is gonna help me praise Jehovah? Lord God, maker of all mankind. I'm gonna praise Him all time. Whoa, I'm gonna kneel and praise Him all time. Cause honor is precious wing. That's where He keep me. Whoa, whoa. Honor is precious wing. That's where He protect me. Yeah, He keep on guide me from my enemy. Whoa, He always guide me from my enemy. And that's why you say, La 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 la. Who is gonna help me praise Jehovah? La 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 na 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 Whoa, you better praise the Lord, the maker of all mankind.
mind Whoa, whoa The rule of the longest time Is the rule of the longest time You better praise him all time Whoa, whoa Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na Who is gonna help me, help me Praise the Obia Who is gonna help me, come Ninja, 
You can get it, of course. So long as you know none of your family, them no work for the force. Yes, ma'am. Tell me the amount where you want, where the pounds are kilos. Just have your pound notes. Yes. I and I no run certain. No joke, you see me puffing and a spliff. You notice it's much bigger than yours. Yes, ma'am. Mary Jane and I can't divorce. She keeps me high, she gets me paid, and I no boss. Me a boss. Yes. We supply Northwest and East Coast. Outside, no mention the central route yes, from Jamaica to Liverpool port. <laughs> Is a half ton of herbs where the boy them suck off All of me links up at each row airport The boy them cut off yes, Four of me tuggy tugs get plucked off a road And several of me base them shut off Still we get some new crops, some new equipment from Westmoreland Recent we get a shipment yes, Touchy feet and seals target we hit them Ganja smelling stronger than an incense Keep an eye out for the crows and the pigs them Got to get these dough, feed my wife and my kids them Babylon try them best to stop my links them Still they never sing them Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. The following is a public service announcement from Just Food. Help bring live chickens into food challenge communities through your donations to the Just Food City Chicken Project 2011. The City Chicken Project would not be possible without the volunteer hours, donations large and small, and the vibrant energy and ideas of the communities we work with. Just Food is a nonprofit organization that connects New York City communities and local and urban farmers with the resources and support they need to make fresh, locally grown food accessible to all. To donate, search on kickstarter.com for Just Food and find their City Chicken Project. For more information on Just Food, visit JustFood.org or call 212-645-9880. That's 212-645-9880. Let's keep making New York City a better place to live and eat. This is Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer. The USDA has introduced the My Plate icon. I'm sure you've all seen that in the news, replacing the food pyramid that was in use for 19 years. This colorful icon contains portions of fruits, vegetables, grains, protein, and a little side dish of dairy. It can be viewed at www.choosemyplate.gov. It does look like a plate. It's divided into four quadrants. Um, They are surprisingly similarly sized. Vegetables, fruits, proteins, grains... Um, the veg are definitely a little bit larger than the other groups, but protein was really big. I was surprised. I thought we were supposed to eat less meat. 
Each component of the plate can be clicked on for a drop-down menu that explains portion size, healthy choices, nutritional information, etc. It offers significantly more information to consumers, but it is a little bit more complicated to use. We'll see if people actually look at it. This has been Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer. HeritageRadioNetwork.com has its own architecture show dedicated to the built environment, hosted by Curtis B. Wayne. Check out a small clip of Burning Down the House. So if we look at tall buildings and we talk about the wind blowing over them, we have all these different variants on, is it a horizontal rotor, like the big wind turbines that you see off of Aarhus in Denmark, I think it's where it is, and the local people are very proud of it. Or Falmouth, where the locals are not happy at all. Out west, there are enormous wind farms, but they're far from from habitations. And so the low-frequency sound that's generated by those turbines is not a problem. Um, but what, what we don't want in terms of taking this notion, this, this notion of the future and making it beautiful and bright and, and clean and, and silent is uh, to create... Want to hear more? Well, tune in live to Burning Down the House every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Or check out past episodes in our archive or subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. Thanks for listening.